Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. Obviously, I don't know. Who knows? All right, episode 13. Never thought I'd see the day, honestly. I thought we were done for after 12. Uh, <laughs> but we're here at 13 again. Uh, myself, Josh. We got Matt in the studio. Yo. And uh, making his second appearance, mm-hmm. Austin James. Welcome, yeah. Austin. Second and hopefully not the last. No, I was actually going to say final. final. Oh, yeah, second and final. Because something's going to happen like before I leave here. Um, but I don't know. You guys, you guys may lock me up, and you know I may be on every single episode from the remainder of the series. But what they don't know is I'll be held against my will. So. <laughs> yeah, one of our interns is just going to sit there with like a gun in the back of his hand. Yeah. Because if there's anything talk. that the DSA has taught us recently is that as well, a socialist, you just absolutely have to put people in a room that don't like each other, and you know you got to point of privilege and mm-hmm. uh, lock people up. That's you know, Matt, you're, I think you're uh, you're being insensitive to Austin. Austin yeah, has no hands. No, uh, he actually can't clap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually holding the microphone in my mouth. <laughs> it's a skill. It's a talent. Yeah. It takes yeah. years of practice. Um, so today, it's all about exploitation. You know, I I love getting exploited. Your neighbors love getting exploited. And uh, Austin James might be the person who loves getting exploited the most out of anybody I know. Right, because I'm as of a. F- Maybe a month ago, uh, I was put into a salaried position, and let me tell you, I mean, we I, this is this is slave labor, and um, we recently just had a management executive meeting, and one of the excuses that my president decided to use was, "Hey, like, if you want to get like me, I put in the hours. Like, I gave up everything in my life to this job, and." I went on a salary position, which means you are constantly having to work for me, and you are constantly having to do what I say 24 hours. Like, if I call you at midnight, you have to do something for me. And that's that's my life now. It really is. Yeah, shout out to uh, the president of Austin's company. You might have heard of him. His name is Xi Jinping. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Ping, he works 120 hours a week. Yeah. His daughter Chinese hates time. him. Yeah. Yeah, that's Chinese hours there. Those are even longer than American hours. Uh, his daughter hates him. He hasn't been home in, in literal months. Right. Uh, he probably has never taken a shower. Yeah, Austin actually, see, you can't hear it in his voice, but he's actually a Chinese national. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he works for the Chinese well, Empire. Well, he's from Taiwan, but... It's funny. It's so funny that you actually mentioned that because all of our products come out of Taiwan. Like all, Well, when I say our products, the well, ones that we service... It's not actually Taiwan. It's... Right. China. It's yeah. China. Yeah, right. But Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Glorious um, China. But yeah, no, I guess when when I suggest the idea of exploitation and labor, I guess what in my mind there it was at one point in in this working machine that is our capitalist hellscape. At what point did you realize Hey, I didn't I, say it this time. Yeah, go. I said it. Yeah. Take so a shot, everybody that's, at home. That's my initiation. Um so I guess, do you have a moment? Because I, I don't think I can really pinpoint mine yet. I will I will think about it over the course of the episode. But I w- there will be a moment where I where I will realize uh, what that what that moment of realization was for me. Uh, but I guess, do you guys ever figure out where like, wow, this really sucks, and it doesn't have to be this way? Like better ways of doing this. Like There's when did when did we figure it out? Or like, um, like or I guess. 
like, I think for me, I think for me, it was kind of it crept on me, crept mm-hmm. up on me, and it oh, was yeah. one of those situations where I didn't know why I was feeling the way I was, and then you know I had friends like Matt and Cole help mm-hmm. s- sit me down and be like, "This is why you hate yourself." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, so all of us in this room have been in, in in that state of mind at one point where you're just like, okay, why do I absolutely I hate everything? Rea- you realize yeah. that the way America works is not right. You don't know why. You just know something is wrong and you don't know where to put the blame. And one of the big things that stuck out to me was our healthcare system. You know, I think that kind of was a domino effect where yeah. it started off yeah. with realizing how broken healthcare is. And, right. and just led to like a toppling of all those. So, you know, uh, getting off my parents' insurance, realizing how much stuff actually cost, hearing my friends' stories, specifically also Matt's stories about having to deal with mm-hmm. healthcare costs, and and then finding out that that's not how it works in the rest of the world. <laughs> like, no. in, at least in first world countries, you know, mm-hmm. they do have socialized medicine and kind of being really angry about that because feeling like I was being lied to, like I was being sold a lesser product and being told it was the best, right? Um, which is the American way. And so that that started off and then realizing that, well, people are working really hard. Like for some reason growing up, I was told, and this is, you know, basically indoctrination, is that, uh, you know, poor people are poor because they didn't work hard enough and that rich people are rich because they are good people and they worked hard. And realizing, oh, we don't even, we do not live in a meritocracy. That's just not how the system works. And it actually works against people at the bottom and keeps the people at the top. Doctor, I think it was Dr. Martin Luther King, he said that um, uh, people at the bottom have to deal with uh, hyper capitalism, but the people at the top deal with socialism. Because, like, like when the banks were bailed out and, like, you know, uh, after the, the, finan- the housing market crash, and the banks were bailed out. It was a socialist type bailout, right? It, but so, like, the rich people can like wantonly just uh, fuck everything, and 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 ha- they have socialism to fall back on. But when poor people, they just die because of hyper. Oh, absolutely. And I think one thing for me was like having dealt with anxiety and depression. I know how difficult it is just being like a single person trying to go to work every day and like make ends meet. And then I got to thinking, I was like, if it's this hard for just me, I don't have a wife, I don't have kids. Like, imagine a wife and kids, other in this responsibilities. It's like, no, for, but for real, honestly, <laughs> it is like that. It's like, how can you afford that? How can you survive? And it is a, I think it is now a miracle people get by and there aren't more people starving in the streets in America. Right. Um, I guess it hit me like a brick wall before I even went into the labor market. Really? That's what sucked knowing I was going into the labor world. And it was a moment when I was, it was at Barry when I was in college. It was notoriously like, liberal school. Notoriously. So, <laughs> so we, so I uh, was sitting in class, economics professors talking to me. This is an, ex- that man's name, uh, Whoever the wolf, Richard. Richard Wolf. Wolf. Richard <laughs> yeah. So um, that man's name, you might have heard of him, Karl Marx. <laughs> God, I wish. So, no, it, this is this is a guy who actually he probably was pretty Marxist, but he couldn't. <laughs> I don't think he could be open about that without. I don't think he could be open about that without the obviously. The, not. Yeah, yeah. So this guy comes up uh, comes up to me, and we're just like we're 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 checking in with each other, and we're, we're talking. 
you know, just kind of couldn't remember. We, we had just read a book on some kind of, uh, I think it was, this guy was really into sports economics. So we were doing like a, we were doing a project on uh, what sports events bring to a small city like Rome, Georgia. And so uh, we were just talking and he asked me what I wanted to do in my future, what kind of things uh, I was wanting to explore. And I talked, you know, general things about uh, what I wanted to do things that sounded nice in my head at the time and he was like well i'm gonna tell you something i was like it doesn't matter how hard you work <laughs> he was like it really just comes down to who's gonna throw you a bone mm-hmm. no matter how hard you work yeah he's like that is that is our system and since that day like i remember leaving his office and i just felt the entire like depression hit me like a wall that day it was that kyle That's, meme where you're like me when i find out that capitalism exists and it's the hole in the wall yeah exactly <laughs> Or he's got his whole ass head like through the through the sheet wall, the sheet rock and everything. And so that was that that day. It was it was on that day. It was that exact moment where I left the office and I went back to my dorm room and I laid in bed for I think it was that was on a Friday night. I did not get out of bed until Saturday Holy night. Shit. Jesus, it hit me so hard and. It's just one of those things that you're you literally like it's it's such a general expression, but you literally can't wrap your head around mm-hmm. it, and because it's such a big thing, yes. you know, it's overwhelmingly great. It, it it's it's sad because I felt that like I, I I knew he was going through that too, or he had felt that at one point because Your professor, yeah, because it would be, I couldn't remember his name. I remember what he looked like. He, well, we don't want to out so, him. No, no, you know, publicly. so, so oh, he's just a little guy. You might have heard of him. Ingles? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, like, the, the way he said it to me was one of those things, like, he, it's it's like, I'm telling you this now because you need to know. And yeah. he's like, I've yeah, been like, through you're, it. You're, you're of like, age. You're of the age right. of reason. So you need to know the truth. Yeah. We've been lied to, right, yeah. about that kind of stuff. But you want to know an interesting fact about a uh, little city? Shouts out to Rome, Georgia. Mm. You know downtown, right? Downtown okay. Rome, the statue of Romulus and Remus, because right. Rome... Italy right. is our their sister city. Yes, uh, that statue was donated by a little guy. You might have heard of him. His name was Benito Mussolini. Oh, Whoa. actually was yeah. That's that's a, that's, that's I like the statue even more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. No, so it's like Ro- funny thing about Rome is it's. I think I've mentioned this before, and I couldn't remember who said this, but the Southeast is amazingly diverse, and it's 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 surprisingly diverse, and there's a lot of people of color here. Rome has a lot of uh, Latinos, and what's what sucks is I I know that these people are just absolutely like being held hostage by this system, and. The amount of time I spent in Rome, all of my time outside of campus was spent in West Rome, where all of that diversity was. And all of the people I was around there were endearing people. But they knew that, like, oh, hey, like, we're, it almost felt like, hey, yeah, we, we're trying to make it work. And the good old Mr. Gerrymandering came along and just yeah, decided to. Yeah, know. exactly. Like, these people know, these people know what they want. And. We all we we all know what they deserve as a human being, but being it was like there, there was a point in time where it was right after it was right after my professor told me that, and when I came to that realization, I had that episode, and then I went and spent time in that side of town, just being around all of those people, and that's when it also really hit me, like wow, they, these people are doing everything in their power, but they literally can't afford 
to just have a decent life because one of because of the, the simply the way they look and the way they're treated you know like it's yeah. it, it's who they come to the country and it's who, who the country sees them as yeah you know it's who the administration sees them as i had a buddy i had a buddy from work who i i never heard him speak spanish um before mm-hmm. and he's he's mexican and i i, mm-hmm. I wrote he's a really good friend of mine and i, I walked mm-hmm. up to him and i was like hey listen i'm taking spanish like can you speak spanish and he's like yes but i don't like to and i said well what wh- why don't you like to and he said, because um, I don't want to be seen as a dirty Mexican. And I said, um, well, you, man, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. And he said, easy for you to say. And I was like, yeah, it is easy <laughs> yeah, for me to say. Because yeah. I am, like, my yeah. language, like, the language that I was, like, grown up with and the, and the way I look is the default, mm-hmm. right? Like, it is the default setting of America. Um, yeah, and that was really, that was really eye-opening. And I, I hate the, uh, I hate the constant phrasing of, like, oh, um, you know, you just want communism because you want their money or you don't want to work. And it's like, have you ever met anybody who's a communist? Like, most communists want to work because they want to be fulfilled in their life. They just don't, they hate the alienation that late-stage capitalism brings. And also, like, the whole point of, oh, well, like, you just have to work hard and you'll make it isn't true because obviously, like, those types of people, like, and people we've known... Um, in our lives that aren't, aren't even uh, POCs or, or minorities or women or whatever, like even they have had a trouble making it. And we've known people who are way harder working than any CEO. Any CEO, like uh, honestly, like I would rather be the CEO of every single company on the face of this planet, right, than dig a ditch. Like I think most people would. And they go, oh, well, they work a lot harder. They, they don't. Like bosses and CEOs don't work that hard. Like they just have copious amounts of money. You know, all, all bosses are all, all boss. I say that, and I guess going going into exploitation, what what I've my personal quest at my job is to be the least like boss ever. Like I I want to be one with my team, and I I hate the fact that I have to have the answers for people. I mean, which. I, I, let me retract that. I don't mind. I love helping those people, and I love helping the people that work under me. But I like it is my personal quest, and no matter how much I get bitched out that I'm not doing a certain part of my job wrong because I'm doing this right, like that's my moral compass. And I ethically, I will like if I go home at the end of the day and I felt like I was a really shitty boss, I will not sleep that night. You know, oh, it's, wow. yeah, it's, it, and, but that's, that's good for me. But at the same time, I feel like it's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Might, yeah. Cause you might be asked yeah. to do something tough and you're like, yeah. does this compromise my yeah, exactly. personal ethics? You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of, there, there was a, there was a, a Twitter thread some time ago about, uh, where it was just people sharing ways that they uh, they helped people out by going out of their way or just by um, take your crap on company time. That's a, yeah, that's exactly. A point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, something like that. But it was it was more. It was a really broad and uh, it, so this just for example, this one guy was an in insurance and insurance. They they charge a shit ton of fees and yeah. service fees, this fee, that fee, a signing fee, bonus, some kind of just stupid fucking fees and this guy would like would just fully on admitted he's like oh yeah i worked as an insurance agent and i never charge people fees because i can't fucking afford that shit and i was like oh my god that's that that inspired the shit out of me like 
I I've never like turned away any kind of request to be like, hey, like I need a mental second. Can I just like go outside? Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, if you need to take an hour, go out and chill. Like, yeah. like, dude, that's that's on you. Like, you know, if you can come to me. You could tell me all of that. If you're having an issue and mentally, like, I have this one guy that gets really bad anxiety, and he does talk to the customers on the phone a lot, and I I that's that's. I get it. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna be like. Oh no, this is your job. That's what you're supposed to do. Would never say that. Like no. Like if you need a second to regroup, I get it. Like go out, do your thing, go smoke. I don't care. You know. That's that's Shit, the type of dart in here. Right. That's 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 the kind of that's that's the quest that I'm on at my current position. And I like I said, I want to be the least boss bossy boss I've ever had because all so far every single boss I've ever had is that that type of boss you know and that's that's what sucks because mm-hmm. I know there are people way way harder working than I am and still do not make as much money as I do you know and, yeah because it's not based off it, of how hard you work and even that I have trouble going to sleep at night because I know there are certain people who put in an insane amount of work that in one day mm-hmm. that particularly worked for me and i'm like that person should have made more money than i had today you know yeah. or, i don't i don't think you should get in the ha- habit of beating yourself up because uh, it sounds like you are coming from the right place make sure you beat up the proletarian or the, the right. proletarian yeah you're, make sure you're you beat up trying the to treat people the like bourgeoisie. people yeah. like human <laughs> beings and and know that like you're not by taking advantage of the system that's set up before you, you're not taking advantage of other people. I think you can sleep easy at night knowing that. Right. I know it still bothers you, and it sh- it should bother us that that system is like that. I don't think we need that that personal guilt though, and I think that's just a burden that we don't have to carry. Um, it's it's easy to slip into that mindset of like realizing how unfair America really is. Um, and it's, it's, it's bleak cause it's like, you know, where do we go from here? Cause it seems like there's really no path forward. I mean, we have Bernie, but we already know like he's not going to be able to get anything done because of the way the system's set up. And so yeah, elections are bought. Yeah. I think it's that knowing that no matter how far we push, it's going to take something extra and something special to like push it over the edge in America. Yeah. I think, um, I think in particular, like the, Americans have this weird mindset where it's like instead of wanting to be happy like a lot of people want to be rich because you're told like when you're little like the American dream is to like like pull yourself up by your bootstraps Mm -hmm. and make it by yourself and start your own company and be a bajillionaire and like you know be this awesome cool guy who just spends all this money whereas like other countries are really happy just being middle class right like and I feel like when we talk about the socialist or communist project, when we say, like, we have enough money for everybody to be middle class, like, in this country, and to work less hours, and to be in more fulfilling jobs, because, like, we all need, like, every society needs teachers as much as they need doctors, right? Mm -hmm. We need, like, education, and doctors get paid more than teachers, and whereas doctors go to school more, and it is a harder job, and even Marx acknowledges that they would get a little bit more. The thing about it is, like, we shouldn't alienate teachers so much to the point of, like, they don't want to do it, and, like, they, they're they honestly questioning if they should do it because the, the pay's not worth it, right? And, um, you know, we need janitors, too. We need everybody in society. And society, like, we should all be able to live, like, a middle-class life. Like, I really feel like that. That's why... 
I want communism or socialism or whatever you want to call it because we, I think I think as the left, like we have to give up. I, I do think going forward we're going to have to give up those words. I, I don't think we, we can use communism or socialism anymore, even though that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the stigmas around them are so culturally ingrained. Yeah, yeah because if you, if you tell people like, hey, your boss steals from you and they'll get angry about that and they'll say, wait, n- no one steals from me. And you go, well, great. Here's the system. I called it Fliberty Flarb. And they're like, great. Fliberty Flarb is great. It's like, yeah, it's actually socialism, but we're not going to call it that. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I talked a little bit. I think when you and I did the episode on uh, live action movies and Disney, yeah, um, I brought up briefly uh, Disney workers. Like, we all know you can't, you can't even measure Disney's disney's uh, worth right now anymore like mm-hmm. it's it's almost unimagined to do so if i couldn't i couldn't even tell you what the number was i couldn't tell you what the salaries are but i know that the people that work in those theme parks where you know upper class people spend a shit ton of money like all the people that are running around cleaning up after all their shit they're barely making a living wage barely but they're at disney world mm-hmm. right and that looks quotes good on a resume and it's it's like i said i i can't even i can't even go back to something like that knowing that i put so i i gave this place my money and there are people around me doing this and they're not gonna see any of that you know it's 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 like it really is like it's hard not to beat myself up over that but and i'm 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 at that stage where i'm trying to figure out how not to and what's the best way to direct that emotion and by cutting off the heads of the bourgeois right well it's i don't but i don't mind being angry but i feel like being angry for the right reason i'm learning being angry for the right reason doesn't bother me as bad because i've never been an angry person i've always yeah. been scared of anger because you know anger leads to to hate and just stuff like that yeah <laughs> and so so i guess being angry is better than being scared right i mean would you rather be scared or no, i'd rather be angry yeah i'd rather be angry too yeah. so i guess what i'm learning to do is Instead of instead of internalizing it and saying, "Oh, this sucks," and I'm losing sleep because, like, ethically, this feels so wrong, mm-hmm. I have to I have to direct that into a different type of emotion. Like, I have to in my in my in my mind, I have to program that as no, I have to I have to make this I have to send this message out to other people, and I have to make this issue aware. And so, basically, that's that's been where I am, you know, personally, is how to how to how to use that energy. And turn it into instead of I hate fascism because I, I'm angry because I hate fascism. It should be I'm angry because I love communism so much. And it, <laughs> you know, and it, and it can't. Yeah. You know, it's it's just it's got a, like you said, it's got a bad stigma around it. But I'm angry because it's what we deserve. But that's that. Yes, that's how I want to be angry. I want to be angry because of what's go- what's really good. What's what's so good is the fact that it's possible. But then there are so many moderates people on the right they're like no better things aren't possible sorry like yeah. you know it's and that's it, the vast majority of people we've been taught that like yeah you know america is the land of opportunity and dreams but up to a point like we can only go so far guys mm-hmm. you know this yeah. thing, certain things cannot be done john yeah. laney um and i think the worst one of the worst uh politics you can adopt is oh well, i was able to do it so everyone else should like oh yeah uh, oh yeah or um why give free college uh if 
Yeah, yeah. Some people don't deserve yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, the, the, the idea of, like, everybody is you, right? right? That whole idea, like, the thing, like, them saying, like, oh, well, like, uh, you know, um, so it goes both ways, right? Because it's like, oh, well, um, uh, you're you're a white guy, so you should have had every opportunity. Mm. But it's like we're all suffering, and then it's like the other side of that is like, oh well, like you know, you have affirmative action, so like you have it better off than I do, right? And so it it, it it's a uh, you know it it's what we need to do is we need to realize that um, the the class, right, like the 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 lower class is at war with the upper class, right? The upper echelon. And, like, there's a shrinking middle class in America, and we have, like, the the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, and Jeff Bezos has enough money right now. I didn't even... Re- I, I didn't realize, like... I realized how much money he has. Someone told me, and I was looking it up, and, and the math checks out, like, if Jeff Bezos were to take as much money as he's worth right now, he were to go back in time to when Jesus Jesus was born... And burn a thousand dollars a day, up until now, he'd still be a millionaire. Jesus Christ! Because he's, he's literally, literally, yeah. literally. <laughs> I should have said that into the microphone, but I didn't. Yeah, and uh, the thing about it is, like, he has, and I, I, again, like, that's a, that's you know, like, you're, you're like, oh my god, he has enough money to literally end world hunger right now, like yeah. enough money to end world hunger, mm-hmm. like as a single person. But Matt. Did those starving children in Yemen deserve it? Yeah. Did they, yeah. Did they work hard? Did they invent Amazon? Yeah. Did they like find a book company and make it? Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, well, speaking of Amazon, I think. Uh, hold on, I'm going to my. Uh, I have to go to my Twitter feed to find this one. But so Amazon, homie, you posting that like little divergent thing you post in that watch a different fucking movie already <laughs> thread yeah fantastic so yeah. there's a guy who so I, it was IGN no it was IGN they're like did you guys notice that the opening credits to Endgame like half the characters weren't there because oh, they were they were in the snap and I was like Jesus Christ you're please. like watch a different fucking movie <laughs> so anyway uh, going back to Amazon so uh, Jackie and Mike Bezos uh, in 1997 actually invested $245,573 into Amazon. Uh, they actually invested it in 1995, but the SEC filing was in 1997. So that's how much money was actually put into Amazon. But you know, j- he just pulled up, pulled it up by his bootstraps, right? And just yeah. kind of, he just kind of went for it. Like no, like that was, yeah. and that's a shit ton of money <laughs> in that time period. Yeah. So, a small uh, loan of a, a million. How how much was it? Donald uh, Trump got a small, a small loan of uh, yeah, it was like a, a, t- a yeah, it was one of the, it was in the million range. Yeah. A small loan. Back so, Austin, you've been exploited not only in work, but you've also been exploited uh, during your time as a student athlete. Do you care to share about that? Oh yeah. Well, well, I guess going in, going into, uh, going into the episode, I, I guess my original thought was I want to talk about how much I hate the NCAA. And so it was like sports, and I want to talk about minor league sports players because, believe it or not, minor league sports players actually make barely a living wage should we talk about cheerleaders then too yeah <laughs> well, yeah well, it's like well, let's talk about the u.s women's soccer team <laughs> <laughs> i mean well no like that's i guess i at first it was like oh let's talk about sport, sports and labor and then it was like well i mean labor in general is just awful so like yeah. so um god i i should have came I, I thought we wouldn't really get into the sports thing but yeah so I I was uh, a part of the NCAA. Uh, myself and Cole actually we played football um, uh, during college, and 
So obviously, you know, those players don't make any money off of the uh, uh, off of their their labor and off the amount of time they put into that program. These are like multi million dollar, hundred million dollar programs. Mm-hmm. Like you almost can't even put a you almost can't even put a uh, a figure on uh, the value of uh, University of Alabama's football team. And the coaches get paid. They get paid a oh lot. My, of money. The coaches get paid a shit ton of money. Uh, like eight million. Nick Saban, Nick, Nick Saban makes ten million dollars a year. Ten I think. million. Wow. I thought it was something like it's in that. The ballpark. I don't know. Yeah. No it's, person. No one person per- should make over a million dollars. Like if you make over a million dollars a year, you should get guillotined. So, and, and oh, I'm about to get angry. So, <laughs> so listen. Uh, the Clemson, uh, Clemson head coach. See, I'm so, I'm so out of the sports world now because of how much I hate. It. I can't even remember his name. Dab- Dabo, right? Dabo Sweeney. I don't. Clemson remember. head coach. So he was like, uh, someone brought up the, someone in a, in a press conference was like, hey, like this is an ongoing issue where you know these players aren't taking any kind of compensation oh, for to, the amount of work they're getting. So I, I want to interrupt just real quick um, to northern listeners. We live in the south, and apparently, like college football <laughs> is really popular down here, but not really up north. So I just wanted to say that like the reason that Austin's talking about college football and we're talking about college football is one, they don't get paid, and two, it's really popular down here. Continue, Austin. So and also. It's okay in the South to name your son Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, they, in a press conference, someone brought it up, and he was like, "Oh no!" He was like, "I think I think these players." I, he's like, "People are so freaking entitled now." He was like, "What the NCAA does is it gives you an opportunity to uh, further your name and to help you get a job after after college." And <laughs> and so, imagine imagine you're. Imagine you're playing football, right, for a D1 D1 team, probably just came off the national championship. You're hurting every single day. There's constantly ice on your knees, okay? Uh, You have constant headaches. You probably have already had multiple concussions. And you're like, yeah, this is this is gonna pay off for me. This is gonna be okay. Like the amount of trauma I'm putting my brain through and my body through, it will. This will help me better myself as a person after I graduate and go find a job. Because honestly, I'm not gonna make it into the NFL. Like I couldn't even tell you what the number is, but basically every all the players that play in D1 uh, Division One football, I think. What's the number that actually make it into the NFL? It's insanely small. Very, very yeah, small. so like, and college football players are insanely athletic and they're very fast. And obviously, fo- football is the most physical sport out there, um, without the exception of rugby, which I don't know that much about. But these guys, you know, rugby, they go at it without any kind of protection. So, ooh, guys, so, always wear so, protection, please. So, so. <laughs> uh, basically, yeah, I, w- is I was. Rugby, is rugby a British sport though? I don't. I don't know. Is rugby a British sport? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> if it's if it's a British sport, I was gonna say it, it, even though they don't wear protection and they go at it, like they're British people, right? So that should stop the game for like tea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> tea and but, crumpets. So I, being exploited by that system, I we woke up, Cole and I. Uh, this probably would have been a good episode to have Colin, but Cole and I would wake up. Alarm goes off at five a.m. for a five thirty a.m. workout. Gosh. Okay, so we do a five thirty a.m. workout. Uh, we absolutely kill ourselves that workout, 
and then we go to class. We go to we go to lunch. Uh, all of our classes are we have to get our classes done out of the way. Uh, and being that we <laughs> being that we were football players, we were treated as royalty, so we usually got really good deals on early classes. So that way, all of our classes were done by like one o'clock, and then practice was at three. Ooh, right, kind of early. And so and it's and yeah, well, it was like around three or four. Yeah, and uh, uh, really insanely hot. So we're we're in we're in Northwest Georgia. And I think the average the average temperature around that time is like ninety two degrees. Boy, it is hot down here. <laughs> so, so, and imagine, yeah, exactly. And then you're also wearing ten pounds of gear on you, and so, uh, and then you're doing all of this, and somehow in your mind, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Oh, this is this is gonna make me such a good person. Like I can put this on my resume, and it's just like they're all like it's, this. Is gonna be like blood in the water. Like the stars are gonna come out, and they're like, oh no, like I have to. I want to. I have to use this guy in my company because he played football. <laughs> you know, like, and that's what they told us for so long, even from the beginning of high school. It's a character building sport, which some of that is true, but what it went. Are you doing it because it's going to make you a, a truly better person? Because what what it, made, what it made me realize was that we actually do have a system in place where it almost seems like this sport was created uh, because it it catered to entertainment of it, it carried to the entertainment of, of consumers and yes go on so so, so and yes. even just like the high school stroke it so even, even just like the high school program that we go uh, were in go there, there was so much fucking money in that program yeah and oh, ask coach kramer about that did coach kramer help develop you as a young man shout out to coach kramer stealing millions of dollars <laughs> so, so, funny story about coach kramer is last my last memory of him it's just like him like emotionally looking at me and walking around and he's just like i'm not worried about you <laughs> i'm just like how am, take, how am i supposed to take that so uh, My last memory of Coach Kramer is him talking about how every time the opposing team gets off the bus, he checks out all the athletes' asses because he's like, an athlete with a big ass is a good athlete. <laughs> I mean, what he says is 100% true, though. He's not so, wrong. So, we're getting, we're getting off topic here. and um, So, anyway, uh, yeah, so what, what, it hit me like a brick wall. when uh, Imagine I'm playing football. And I'm like, what is this for? And then I go have that conversation with mm-hmm. my economics professor. Like, what is all of this for? Like, that is, man's name is Frederick Nietzsche. Is, it, <laughs> is, is there is 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 there is there a you know a silver lining on this awful future? A silver lining's playbook. Yeah, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a huge football tie-in right there. Yeah. So and that's great, great fun fact. That's I think it's is it still your favorite movie? Yeah, it's, that's a, okay. it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite movie, yeah. and, it, and it's it's worthy of that. It's not, not a good book though. No, not a good book. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you that it was. A book. Was it a book first? Yeah. Okay. Not a good book. Who's the author? Uh, Matthew Quick. No. See, I knew America was a lie when they started charging $5 for people to come watch soccer games, and uh, nobody was coming out. It's like, over, we should be paying people over to Over in Adairsville? Yeah. Yes, yeah, even in Adairsville. Even the parents weren't coming out. It's like, like <laughs> I, I would see my tell, kids I would tell my mom support. to like wait till halftime so you don't have to pay. It's like, that, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Austin, I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through that. 
Um, He's choking up over here. Well, I did notice drooling. You're drooling yeah. a lot more. I think the concussions yeah. uh, no. symptoms are setting in. No, yeah. I did. I His did. left hand shaking. No, I really did. I, I Do did. we need to call Will I Smith? So, <laughs> I completely, full disclosure, did suffer from a concussion in high school, and it was the and most. It shows. And this man came to shows. class too. And I, I remember, I remember I in was PE. In class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember. I, was, I remember in PE. I said. Bro, if I was you, I wouldn't even be here now. And you're just like, yeah, he's I didn't puking sleep. in a bag. Like yeah. <laughs> he just can't no, watch. Funny straight. story. Funny like, story. I gotta go to football practice, man. <laughs> Co- I, Co- a, a Coach Kramer tie, and I was actually I came to lit class fully concussed. It was like the first day of class. I'm so out of it that I didn't know that our lit teacher was being subbed by Coach Kramer until like 30 minutes into the class, and he's just you know. He, High school football coaches don't do shit. So, so why he's just sitting in American over. lit class. Why there hasn't been an American lit class here in thirty years? <laughs> so, 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 Coach Kramer's sitting over there at uh, at the teacher's computer, and he's just sitting over there, and we're just like waiting for something. And I had no fucking idea. He he's just using a dare, He's on the computer, just using a Darzel's funds to mine yeah. Bitcoin yeah. and, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, so speaking of exploitation and a lot of the injuries, right? Like, I remember, I think it was last year, the year before last, there was, like, a, a, a player from the University of Mississippi, I think it was, and they were, like, they were uh, on, in practice, and they were, like, as coaches are always, like, pissed off or something, so they're making them, like, run extra or whatever in the, like, over 100-degree heat, and he's, like, I don't feel good, and they're, like, oh, well, like, you're a player at the University of Mississippi or whatever, like, you know, blah, blah. And they, he died. He died of dehydration. Yeah. And uh, uh, my, bu- it's unfortunate. My buddy had a great joke. He was like, "Coach, I, I think I'm literally dying of dehydration right now." And he's like, "Waters for pussies." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, no, you you joke, but no, that is 100. percent Yeah, that is that is football coaches. And like, it's, it's, oh, water makes you fucking tired. You you pussy. Like get it's over worse. It. It's worse. Like down south too, because like football is such a big thing down south and it's also like hotter than satan's asshole in georgia mm, during the right. summer you know so or when you're practicing for football and right. stuff so um yeah it, it's uh not only are you you have this very 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 slim chance of like going pro or anything like that and uh you have these like sustained injuries that uh will follow you through life you know mm-hmm. um the same buddy who said that he actually had two shoulder like reconstruction surgeries because like his shoulders messed up from football yeah and that's pretty average to have yeah. to have surgery when you play football so so we can't we can't uh, segueing into actually another sport we cannot talk about labor exploitation in sports without talking about world wrestling so, i don't know anything okay. about wrestling. I know awesome. a little bit I know a little bit because of Austin so uh, well, did, did I send you the so John Oliver did a big thing on uh, on world wrestling so check this out so imagine imagine a circus because that's literally what wrestling is okay yeah. so the we're talking about WWE like Vince McMahon we're talking about Vince McMahon okay. we're talking about world I wrestling the WWF sorry guys so the fun fact about the WWF is that it was called you know the World Wrestling Federation it actually lost the uh, the 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 the, um, the lawsuit by the other WWF the the Wildlife Foundation oh, WWF lost yes and so that. they had to change their name that's the actual reason they went from the WWF to the WWE because of the World Wildlife 
Another fun Microsoft. fact: uh, Microsoft OneDrive used to be Microsoft SkyDrive or something. I, I remember that. But uh, Sky Sports like yep. sued them yeah. over that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting stuff. But yeah. anyway, continue. So, so okay, imagine this. All right, so this is the life of a wrestler. All right, I'm gonna lay this out to you, and then I'm gonna slowly big I'm, sweaty beef so, getting exa- okay, up like so a imagine, All right, yeah, exactly. So let's say you've been working as an independent wrestler for a decade, right? Which means you spent the betterment of your you spent the better years of your uh, of your twenties as a man who would just travel around your region and because wrestling's by region really it's called territories mm. and so like let's say you're in the southeast so the big areas are like marietta birmingham and uh tampa florida orlando florida pensacola beach florida you would travel Florida's in there so yeah so well florida's a huge wrestling territory so you basically would travel to all of those different areas and just do show like little house shows what they call mm. where i like, take it's only like 10 15 bucks yeah and then you get paid based on uh how well the house does and how many people buy tickets and so naturally as you become you have to develop your character you have to develop your moves you have to you know you become an actor and you become a performer and you become a product and you have to sell that product and if you become popular and you gain uh what's called uh god what's it called i guess I guess if you're if you're hot, let's in wrestling terminology, if you're hot, that means that you have a huge momentum, like in terms of just business, where you have a big following. So let's say you're a really hot agent, right? And so WWE reaches out to you, and like we want you to come and perform. We want you to come to our training, uh, our training class, and we want to take you on as like an intern. First, they don't pay you for that. Uh, you oh, just a tryout. Nice. It's a tryout. So basically, imagine you spend a better part of. Uh, you spend an entire decade doing all of this and putting your body through a lot of physical... I mean, you're essentially a stuntman mm-hmm. and you put yourself through tables. <laughs> oh, I know what a stuntman is. I've so, seen Once Upon a Time. So, <laughs> <laughs> which I haven't yet, so oh let's keep God, it... So, well, awesome. yeah, just keep it in your pants. So, so I was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so, you're... Uh, uh, God, I want to get into Tarantino because I actually watched a Tarantino movie the other day. We can get into Tarantino on another episode. I guess we should just have a Tarantino-only episode. Yeah, we can arrange that. Yeah, we, I think we've should, already had yeah. that, but we can definitely have we? do... Well, we did Once Upon a Time episode where we did yeah, talk about okay. Tarantino getting canceled. Okay. Anyway, let's stick on so, topic. All right, so, okay, imagine you get invited to the biggest known wrestling uh, phenomenon in the world. Yeah. You know, and so they want you to come try out. Good news, you're really good. They want to hire They want to hire you as a performer. Well, so now they have, like, well, depending on how hot you are and depending on how... Uh, how if you're a household name in the wrestling world, you may you may come in as a main roster guy where you're on television, or you may just do house shows, and house shows are non-televised events. Okay, so imagine you come in, and all of a sudden your life now is you live on a bus. Okay, and you start out in one city. Sounds great. And so yeah, so exactly, it sounds great. They don't have. I actually saw this video. They don't have buses. They have to drive oh they drive they yeah, drive yeah that's right cars. sorry sorry even better the, I, I the, love the stars story. the big stars the multi-million dollar stars they have buses and so the actual they have to the other stars have to rent cars and so they have to drive and they do it by air they do it by region like they they map out the entire uh schedule throughout the whole year because it's year-round they don't take any days off so uh it's year-round you do like three or four shows uh a week and then you're putting your body through so much physical trauma, and you may not even be on television, so you're not getting paid that much money. So, imagine all of that. But here's the kicker: you don't kickers have kickers aren't wrestling, Austin. So, Sorry. you don't have health insurance. Uh, 
You, oh, the pain. So listen, the pain. imagine doing all of that, but they won't provide you with health insurance. That that's insane. Criminal. That's insane. Well, and so this is how up. So yeah. this is no, this is how the WWE gets around it, right? The contract that you have to sign because oh, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. WWE is basically the only uh, name in professional wrestling sports entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Vince McMahon has created this ingenious thing, and it's totally legal. And totally not crazy sounding at all. Um, so wrestlers aren't, even though they are under a contract where they can't wrestle with any other organization, right. and they only have to wrestle for the WWE, they're not employees of the WWE. They're mm. individual contractors, yeah, and per American uh, yeah. insurance laws, you don't have to provide individual contractors with insurance. Yep. Wow. Yeah. See, I was on board with the whole sweating out on a bus, driving your own yeah. car. And but you're telling me these guys are putting their body on the line every night yes, and they don't they have are health insurance. 300 pound men, uh, fully covered in body oil, and they're running full speed at each other. Uh, well, I mean, they're learning how not to hurt each other mm-hmm. while they're doing it. But still, I mean, you're on, you're, you're, you have to work out too to keep your body in shape. I mean, because that's the appeal is like you look good, yeah, and like you look like a freaking superhero, and that's and those guys die really young too. Dude, okay, so is average, it because of drugs or no? It's just because of poor health, and it's it's just working conditions. So, R- Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, passed away at like fifty five. Okay, Jesus. so listen, there are I can't remember how many there are, but there are like over twenty. Uh, former wrestlers that are actually on GoFundMe now because the WWE never paid them health insurance and now they're having really bad health complications and they're actually having to go on GoFundMe and ask fans who are actually being who are being amazing mm-hmm. and they're actually you know they're they're uh, contributing and they're helping these wrestlers these former wrestlers pay for medical because they went through so much physical trauma under uh, Vince McMahon. And now, and they never gave them health insurance or any kind of coverage. And there's no legacy fund, which apparently the NFL is working to have now. Uh, and yeah, John Oliver said, John Oliver said it best: when you've lost the moral high ground to the NF fucking L, like that's how you know how yeah, broken you are, here, buddy. Yeah, no, it's 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 awful. Um, and, I would really want to quick quickly talk about cheerleaders and. Um, and also, like, uh, dancers in the NBA. Okay. Like, yeah. researching their lifestyle. Those people have to have day jobs. Like, they have to have day jobs because they don't make enough as dancers or cheerleaders. And they're also... They're, there's a lot of unpaid labor. Yeah. Like, not we're not talking salary. We're talking unpaid labor that goes on. And so, they're working, essentially, you know, like, two 40-an-hour-week jobs. But one of them, they're getting paid for maybe... 20 hours at a crap rate and I, I think the average is like below minimum wage for most dancers um, which is really upsetting because it's like you know they're sharing the same stage as these athletes and no they should not be paid the same exact amount as those athletes but because it, those athletes are men well yes no, that was the main reason N- had nothing to do with athletes um, <laughs> just because they're males no uh, but if if I think you know un we already know that paid labor is stealing, but we're right. talking about unpaid labor right. that is happening, and it's completely fine. And right. uh, I Un- don't know if they're unionized or if they even can. Unpaid uh, internships, right? Like that's yeah. the that, shouldn't exist. That's the biggest grift of all, right? Like this mm-hmm. this unpaid like you get exposure type labor where they're like, oh, mm-hmm. like we're doing a, a job for you, like you. It's like no, you're not. You're not. You're not helping me. 
live like a great life just because you're giving me like experience or exposure like you need to be paying me like that's if you perform a service for somebody you should be compensated for that service yeah do you you know so when you're at disney world uh, i can go back to disney world because it's the perfect example it's the happiest place on earth so so when you you go so when you go to disney world and you're like walking around and there's like nice people like just like directing you to certain things or just like participating in typical like park operations those are interns oh my god the disney college program right the disney college program that's terrifying those are interns and so you can you can do that through college uh you can you basically get to spend i think it's a whole summer or yeah, maybe it's, it's like summer. a semester at disney world right and uh you can put it on your resume because it looks so great on a resume but yeah you go down there and you spend time in disney world and you're you know you're you're using energy to make people happy and you're providing a product and you're servicing a product and you're storytelling this product and you're not getting paid for it yeah mm. Austin yeah. I know why you can't sleep at night dude yeah. you know way too much yeah. you're too <laughs> informed right See, well, last just, last episode, the Clintons tried to have yeah. Austin killed. Yeah, so you're 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 not the only one cursed with knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, like I said, I always go back to fucking Disney. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's <laughs> when I graduated college. I was like, okay, surely, surely, like the labor system isn't this bad. And so that's all I did, uh, starting. I, I think how many how many different jobs have I worked since I graduated? You did I the think, movie theater. Yeah. I did the movie theater. Uh, I worked at the country club. Go shouts out uh, to the movie theater. Bad and now I'm at this uh, warranty company. So I guess three. Uh, and God, like they so far they all suck. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it's well, just, it's also like the thing about it is like one of the the biggest problems that I found right is like all the jobs that I've ever worked. I've hated, and not because of, like, necessarily the job itself, mm-hmm. and not because of, like, having to deal with people, or not because whatever. It's because I felt so alienated because I was making shit for money. And the thing is, like, if you were working the job you're working at now, and you realize that everything would be okay, and everyone's taken care of, and if you get sick, you go to the doctor, and you don't have to work 40 hours a week, and you're, you're paid minimum, or not, you're paid, uh, uh, you know, um, you're part of the middle that middle class right um like everyone's part of that middle class then you wouldn't feel so bad like you would go you would be fine like because that's the biggest thing like you were we're constantly you're constantly stressed out about your car you're like breaking down you're constantly stressed out about your health failing you you're constantly stressed out about can i afford to do this or or get this or whatever and if we had a system in place that treated people like human beings instead of treating people like commodities, which capitalism does, um, you know, it's, it's that, that value that that person adds to that product, um, wherein the company then steals a majority of that value, um, you know, we wouldn't have this type of, like, alienation. Mm-hmm. You know, you could right. do – the and I could do the jobs that I'm doing now because you, you – you, when you work because because humans we inherently want to work like i don't know if you've ever been out of work for a long period of time oh it's hell. it sucks yeah. it sucks because you're so damn bored and you're so depressed and you you want to work like you want yeah. to have something that yeah. you have to do like some type of regimen right yeah and yeah. the thing is like if we had that and we could also be provided for 
like at least a halfway decent life, I feel like there would be a lot less problems in the world. There'd still be problems. Yeah. There'd be a lot less. Um, and there's, I, I have not heard a single valid criticism for why we shouldn't have Medicare for all. Because when you have a system like that, and the thing is, it's not upsetting that like this doesn't exist in America. Well, it's upsetting well, that it exists everywhere else well, in the, the world pro- already. The problem, the problem with America is, I'm trying to do Jordan Peterson. The problem with <laughs> America is that when you have these postmodern neo-Marxists come around and start talking about Medicare for all because they want to quote unquote live, you see, Carl Jung once said that people should die. And it just it just makes me so sad that women won't give me their vagina. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you, JP, uh, for coming in the office. Uh, we just and with that, um, no, but realizing that the the rest of the world already has this, and it's not some pipe dream, um, but that people are healthier under Medicare for all. You spend less. Not only do you spend less, but people people are healthier because you don't have to stress about where that like if you're going to be able to go to the doctor or what if I get pregnant what's going to happen or if I need an abortion what's going to happen or um you know and and the thing yeah, is we'd like, actually be able to afford to have kids the we yeah. would and then, <laughs> um and but the american system it like doubles down on all the bad because like you were saying that the the increased stress it's shown to lead to more sickness and more deaths and more accidents and more work-related look, accidents. And- look at Spain, right? Spain is a great example, like most of Europe, right? Spain has a, its happiness level is way bigger than ours, and they have well, a, they're drinking that sangria. Well, they have a they have a lot. <laughs> I'd be happy to if I was in Spain. They have a lot more downtime, and they've figured out that as long as you keep the people happy, and you um, you know you have like. You, yeah, keep them fed. You, you give them, uh, you know, medicine, and, and they have more downtime to spend. On, uh, things, they enjoy, on things they enjoy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they're a lot happier. They're, they're, they're leagues above us, right, in, in, the, in terms of happiness levels and, and in terms of, like, less suicides and less, like, like mass killings, you know? so I think, I think what would fundamentally shift, like, America's stance on a lot of things Everybody should be legally required to do like DMT or shrooms with Joe Rogan, and then Whoa. everybody's everybody's that's, minds would be suddenly open. That's to LP. crazy. I've never thought of it that way before. <laughs> hey, young Jamie, pull that shit up. Yeah, I have this buddy. I have this buddy. Yeah, um, bow hunting and and jujitsu. Yeah, and also that that is cra- like like. Their skulls are differently shaped. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus Christ. Well, Brett Weinstein, you really have some good points. Yeah. Oh, man. No. Uh, well, I think we uh, we definitely covered a lot of uh, dark topics today. Yeah. I, I do just want to say that wrestlers tried... Uni- going back to wrestling real quick, wrestlers did try unionizing and Vince McMahon like, shut that shit down. And then like they lost mm-hmm. a, a good amount of talent off of that. And then, uh, what was the other thing about? There was another unionizing thing. Uh, shit, I can't remember. But well, no. well, the thing about unions is unionizing works as long as we have enough people to unionize. Because exactly. when the when the government shut down, I do want to say this one last thing. When the government shut down and they weren't paying TSA agents, boy, the government opened back up real fucking quick. Because TSA agents, they said, "Fuck it, we're not coming to work." And when the plane shut down. And people were waiting, in, like there was two people in line. They were waiting in line for fucking twenty hours. 
the go- they're like, let's start back up the government, guys. Like, we yeah. really need these people. Yeah. See, that's, if we could just do that with fucking everything, yeah. you know, that'd be... A mass yeah. unionized movement. Yeah, yeah. workers. It's almost like workers of the world yeah. need to unite. Yeah. There needs to be a proletarian revolution. Right. See, that's... That's why I can't sleep at night. I think it's inevitable. Like, there's going to be... We're in a crucible right now, and it's just heating up. I think it's inevitable there's going to be riots. Like, straight up. Yeah. There should I, be. I, I would... I would hope. Well, this is what I said. Okay? So, I think we're about 10 years out from fully automating, like, a lot of the factories and stuff. Like, we're going to start seeing, like, fully automated factories, and, like, there's going to be people out of jobs. We're going to be so- getting $1,000 dividends every month. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to get $1,000. Um, the thing is, like... So people are going to start losing their jobs to robots. And it's like people who have like low skill or no skill labor are going to start losing their jobs. And um, companies don't care about them, right? Because they only care about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Well, what's going to happen is the companies are going to realize they're going to say, oh, shit. Because they those people are the people who buy the fucking products. It's simple economics. The people at the bottom are the people who buy the products, right? Everybody buys products. Well, when you have a mass amount of people that don't buy products, you start losing a fuck ton of money because mm-hmm. then the other people can't afford to buy products and people start jacking up prices. So when when that starts happening and they say, oh shit, like we don't care, we're still making money hand over fist, we're making more money than God, whatever, um, they have to realize that the last time a large swath of people had literally zero job prospects, we started killing kings. Like, as a people. And that's the thing, like, we are, right now, the, the neoliberal project is working, right? Like, to, for, for the capitalists. Yeah. It is working because we, we're, we're focusing on sexism. We're focusing on racism. We need to focus on those as well. But I'm saying, like, we're mainly focused on that. And we're ignoring class. And we're saying we shouldn't talk about class struggles at all. And um, that project's working right now. But... I think in the future, when we start innovating and when we start like uh, like having automatic systems and start having robots and shit, that is when the bourgeoisie are going to learn real fucking quick that, hey, maybe we should take care of the people at the bottom because when those people get angry, they tend to act out. And we're watching, we're watching some of the shit that's happening now. Some of the shit, some of the violence that's directed towards, you know, like uh, wrongly, like we said last episode against women and minorities and stuff, like eventually when a mass group of people start going, hey, wait a minute, the women and the minorities are, are just as bad off as we are. So it can't be them and it can't be us. And they look up and they see, you know, the Jeff Bezos is the Bill Gates of the world sitting in their ivory towers. People are going to learn real quick, like... It's just going to happen. Yeah. And uh, can't follow that up. That was great, man. Yeah, we're uh, we're out. (laughs) All right. See you on the next episode, guys. Uh, Peace.